one, or two, or three, or four, five, force five. Welcome to the Force Five podcast, a show where I force my guests to come up with a movie-themed five list, and then we talk through our picks on air. I'm your host, Jason Kleberg, and today my guest is Fierce Ville. In addition to his solo work as a rapper, he's one-third of the incredible rap group Dime Def, a piece of the Seattle supergroup Greater Than with Grinch and Greaves, owns his own media and marketing firm, and had his own marijuana strain, Fierce OG. What's going on, Fierce? <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? I am fantastic. Hey, tell us a little bit about you. Man, I've been a rapper pretty much my whole life. It's the only thing I really know. Um, I mean, like you said, I was a part of a group out of the Northwest uh, called Dime Def, and I've like learned so much from the music industry. I've grown. I've you know seen the ups and downs, and I think it really like shaped me as a person, and it kind of steered me into this new path of uh, you know doing the social media management and marketing for uh, bigger companies. And me and my wife started this company, and. I've been kind of focused on that for the last, uh, you know, couple of years, but it's really just me taking all the knowledge that I've, you know, gathered from, uh, from Dime Def and Greater Than over the last, gosh, 15 plus years. And um, yeah, so now I'm doing this and I'm shooting commercials and, you know, not even shooting music videos, shooting like more corporate stuff and all that. So it's super <laughs> funny how things, uh, how things happen. <laughs> no, uh, no marijuana strains these days. Nah, but it's funny. I actually work with uh, some of the marijuana brands and shoot some of their work and do photos and uh, videos for them. But no, no, uh, no marijuana strain for me. But <laughs> it was a, it was good though. Uh, I still have people that ask me to kind of come up with like a two of the Fierce OG. So that might happen in the future. Hey, I'd buy it. And getting in with those marijuana companies is good right now. I mean, you know, business yeah. is booming. Not for sure. It's actually funny because uh, one of our manager, uh, like so our manager from back in the Dime Dev days, they were one of the first companies to really bring the whole marijuana industry to Seattle and to see the things that they've done and where they've like went from, gosh, like five years ago to now is just like mind blowing. So, yeah, it's it's just crazy how the industry really grew. So aside from your music stuff and your media and marketing firm, Tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about your taste in movies. Like, what are some of your favorite movies that would not appear on a list that we're going to talk about today? I'm kind of weird. So I don't really do the type of drama movies that can make me feel like anything that's not going to make me feel happy or ex excited or motivated. I don't watch those kind of movies too much. So I don't really do drama. Um, I'm always looking for like a classic movie that kind of takes me back to what I felt in that moment. So for example, like Friday um with you know ice cube uh that is one of my favorite movies and every time i watch something like that that's a classic it just takes me back to like almost being a kid again and seeing it and how like excited and how much i laughed and things like that so i watch a lot of classics like that i kind of go back to those days um don't be a menace i don't know if you're aware of that the, oh, uh, of the waynes yeah oh my gosh like one of the best <laughs> movies ever like those i i look for that i like the stuff that just gonna make me smile and you know feel happy and then pretty much every single marvel movie i'm always like kind of going back through those uh black panther is something i checked out again um in the last like you know a uh, week or two yep. so yeah i don't really I, I i don't necessarily like always look for the newest thing coming out i just kind of like watch what i like 
That's cool. Yeah. And we were going to do comic book movies, and then somebody got in right before you and did comic book movies. So why don't you tell <laughs> us about <laughs> tell us about the list that you chose for us today? All right. So the list that I chose was Adam Sandler movies. All right. Yeah, we're going to be doing yeah. top five Adam Sandler movies, and we'll talk more about that here in a bit. But first, we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately. So I'll kick us off. Um, are you a fan of the Terminator series at all? Yes. Yes, I am. All right, so I watched the newest Terminator film, Terminator Dark Fate. My name is Sarah Connor. August 29, 1997. It was supposed to be Judgment Day. But I changed the future. Saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you. No. You may have changed the future, but you didn't change our fate. And I know I'm like a year late on this, but uh-huh. when you have a two and a half year old, it's tough to get to oh, the theaters. Well, when, when theaters were <laughs> open, yeah, and it's sure. definitely tough to see a Terminator movie. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. How did you like it? I have a really weird relationship with the Terminator movies because the first two are among my favorite movies of all time. Yes. And then three through five, I thought were really bad. They completely lost me. And actually about the same, exactly what you're saying. They completely lost me where they, it felt like they just completely lost the element of why Terminator was so good. Absolutely. And I don't know if you saw the the one, the fifth one. It was called Terminator Genesis. Did you ever see that one? Yep. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> so I, I watched that on a plane, and I wanted to walk out of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you wanted to just get up and receive. <laughs> that that was a terrible movie, yeah. and and one mm-hmm. that I honestly thought when that movie was over that they would never make another Terminator movie again. Uh huh. Yep. And then they made this movie Dark Fate, and they brought back. Linda Hamilton. Yep. And that's why I think I liked it so much is because watching it, I felt like I was watching a Terminator movie that I liked. It wasn't like I was forcing myself to watch. I was entertained. It wasn't over the top where they tried to do too much, but I don't know. I I feel like they brought back the elements of why I liked them from like the first and second movie. I agree. It was in really good hands and having Linda Hamilton just on screen was nice. I didn't think her acting was great, but I liked her being there. Yeah, for sure. Do you remember the first scene in this in this movie? Is that the one with the little boy or her? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, yeah. I was not expecting that in any kind of way. Like that completely threw me off. Like I was not expecting it. And I won't spoil it for anybody, but they basically bring back old school John Connor and Linda Hamilton or uh, Sarah Connor for a second. And you get to see some stuff go down. That's like. It was yeah. shocking to me, and and it had me on the edge of my seat, thinking, "Well, this is new, you know. This, yeah. we're going I in feel a like different it set, direction." It set, yeah, it set the tone for the whole entire movie, and I think that's why I liked it so much. The only real main complaint I have is that the the villain just kind of seemed a bit overpowered. Yes, yes, I that is actually, if I was to say the one thing I didn't care for was probably that one thing of there were so many moments when I was like, how do you stop this? Like it's, it's (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like how Superman is why people don't really connect with Superman all the way because 
he's like almost perfect and you you lose that element of like when a person doesn't have a flaw it kind of makes this disconnect that's what i personally think and 100%. so even if it's a villain it's like well how do you how do you beat this if it's if it's perfect it's almost unbeatable and so what do you do from here and it just throws me off a little bit so i felt the same way about him and then the it, it was kind of like an upgrade from the t1000 from terminator 2 but Oh, it was a big upgrade, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but way overpowered. Like, very similar skills, but way mm-hmm. overpowered. And then I don't know if you if you remember it, but a lot of the CGI in the film was really bad. Like, video game level bad uh-huh. in some places. It almost reminded me of, like, the Matrix sequel. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, are, you, so are you saying, uh, like, how they did the graphics with the T-1000 guy? Yeah, when he was jumping anywhere or climbing ladders really fast it just looked really rubbery yes. and unnatural so yeah so i know what you mean they i feel like they haven't you know how like they just now figured out facial expressions like <laughs> yeah. they're just now kind of like under it's the same thing with movement where like when a person jump like how does their body really like react when they when they do that jump or if they're yeah it just it comes off as so fake sometimes when they try to do that and you're right with even the matrix like when they cloned him and he was fighting against, or they, they cloned the, uh, whatever the agent is. And yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. one scene and they were just, it was too much. And it was like, this is clearly like <laughs> CGI and fake. So I know what you mean. Yes. It's, it's really hard for them to implement something like that. Yeah. But it definitely is the, the third best Terminator film and the action in this thing. There's a action scene in a plane in a giant army plane. That is awesome. Like yep, it was, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it was so and it's cool funny, I actually that. watched that on the plane. Um oh, it was nice. Yeah, it was it was on a plane. Um I forgot where I was headed to and I was just so into it. The one I mean, obviously you can't have the best audio, so that kind of you know hurt it a little bit, but yeah, it was such a such a good movie. I like it a lot. The only thing that I want to talk about that I didn't mention yet was Arnold Schwarzenegger is back in this and he was really funny at parts. I would totally watch just a sitcom about him as Carl selling drapes out of that van. So that's that's actually I love when movies have like this funny backstory when it it kind of like puts this twist on something that you wouldn't expect, but they didn't overdo it. So yeah. that that little piece of how they did that with him, I thought was genius. Yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, so that's definitely one of the best things that I saw this past week. Uh, what's something that you've been watching? It could be TV, movies, YouTube. Like, what do you got? Uh, so, I mean, during this time, it's football season. So that's what a lot of my oh, time yeah. goes towards. And then, you know, you had the NBA finals and all that stuff. But as far as movies go, I've been watching. Um, me and my wife don't watch too many shows together because she binge watch everything she starts. And I can't I can't do that. So, um, but Blackish is uh, the the comedy show Blackish. Trials are today. I want to be ready. Lock down that point guard spot. There's no point guards in field hockey, Dad. Field hockey? My name is Andre Johnson. I have a great career, a spectacular house, and a loving family. I'm surrounded by every day. Hey, pops. Son, can I just please get a little coffee in me? before you start this morning. But as a black man with all the success, sometimes I feel like an oddity. If you look to your left, you'll see the mythical and majestic black family. Lately, 
I feel in order to make it, we've all dropped a little of our culture. All right, stop, Andy. Stop. Andy? That's not even close to Andre. I think it says I'm edgy but approachable. I think it says I hate my father and I play field hockey. You think I'm overreacting, babe? Why would I think you would overreact? Maybe you're right, babe. I love you. I love you, too. No. I can't think. Of, I'm horrible with acting. Isn't that uh, Anthony um, Anderson in that? Yeah, the chubby black guy, whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, 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 he's like super funny. Yeah, him and then um, God, I can't even think of her name. But anyway, Blackish. It's 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 just a really good show, and it, they what I like about it is because of the fact that obviously it's a comedy, and I like comedies, but they if there's something happening, you know, like in real life, whether it's political, whatever the case is, they do a really good job with adding it into the show without it coming off as like cheesy. And it just makes it feel a little more realistic. And I just like how they kind of, you know, put this twist on it. And it's just really funny to me. So I've been doing a lot of that. Other than that, I've just been watching a lot of classics. If I see something I like, uh, there's a movie called Pure Luck. That's one of the funniest movies to me. Somewhere on the Mexican Riviera, a beautiful heiress has been kidnapped. To find her, they'll need the best team in the business. He has the experience, but his regular partner wasn't available. So they found someone even more lethal to himself. Oh, if you send somebody after her who's as unlucky as she is, he could literally stumble onto her. Oh, this is some kind of joke or something. At the age of three, he's almost strangled by the cord from some draperies. Mr. Proctor is here, sir. I want you to go to Mexico and look for my daughter. This man has been hit by lightning twice. Once while inside a movie theater. I think we're going to make a good team. I am trained in martial arts. Uh, with Danny Glover and I can't think of the other guy name, but it's a really funny old school comedy. And I, I've been, I watched that a couple of times lately. Pure luck. I've honestly never heard of that, but I love oh, Danny you have Glover. to watch it. Where's that available? Where can I find it? I actually got that on the DVD because my brother has it. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, uh, the, the guy, the main character, you would know exactly who it is. And it's, oh my God, it's such a, it's such a funny movie. I'm trying to look it up. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, Martin Short. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Martin Short, it's him and Danny Glover, and it's just a movie that's basically this he's the most unluckiest man in the world. But <laughs> him being but it, it also is a the reason why he's needed so much. And it's just it's just it's a really funny movie. When you get a chance, you should watch it. All right, I'll put that one on my list. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover of it right now. Normally when I see a cover, it's like, oh, okay, I know what you're talking about, but I've never heard of this movie. And even looking at the poster, I've never heard of this movie, so I'm down. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's just, oh, it's so hilarious. It is so hilarious. And so it's funny. So a lot of movies that I, I fell in love with as a kid was like movies that just happened that like my mom was at a store and there was a discount and then she like, you know, bought it, and then me and my brother didn't have many options, so we just watched that one movie like a thousand times to yep. the point where we can even, you know, like we know every scene that's coming up, we know the lines, we know everything, and this was one of those movies. I completely relate. My brother and I had the same situation. We had like five VHS tapes when I was growing up, and we would just cycle through those five, and I know every word to every one of them. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, my, uh, I hope I'm going. I'm not going too far off track, but my my grandma she record movies so she had the vhs and she would record all the shows that come on tv 
and she's to this day still does it even though they nice. it's really hard to find tapes and um you know a v- vhs we still have, find them because she wear them out so bad they break within a year and she gets a new one and she's been doing this for about maybe 25 to 30 years to the point oh, wow. where she has over and they're all in storage but she has over i believe a thousand tapes that she's uh recorded multiple movies on and she has a book organized with exactly what tape has what movies and they're all categorized perfectly that's insane yeah like one day i'm gonna have to go into that storage and like pull everything out just to show everyone like these things should be put in like a museum somewhere like she has (laughs) everything you have to go through that it's it's feels like your responsibility now no i no definitely definitely yeah so yeah, so I grew up on movies, like, and like I said, I, I mainly, I just like movies that make me feel good. So I, I, I uh, usually go towards, you know, comedies or action movies that's like, you know, get me inspired to, you know, get up off the couch and do something cool. So that's why I like Marvel movies so much. Yeah, they are definitely a lot of fun. Um, speaking of Marvel, there's one other thing that I've been watching that I want to talk about real quick. You have kids, correct? Or a kid? Yes, I have a daughter. Yep. And how old's your daughter? Uh, she just turned 13, actually. Oh, okay. Cool. So this is going to be way out of her wheelhouse then, but it's perfect for my kid who's younger and any other listeners who have young kids. On Disney Plus, you can find this show called Marvel Superhero Adventures. I'm I'm a huge Marvel fan just like you, and I want to get my kid into Marvel, but I can't let him watch those Marvel movies that I like because just crazy stuff in there for a two and a half Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But in order to introduce him to the characters... Disney Plus has made it really easy because this show is all about those Marvel superheroes that we love, but they're tackling problems without fighting, which is kind of nice. That is so cool. I didn't even know about that. And I have Disney Plus and I didn't even know about that. Spider-Man teams up with a different Marvel character each episode. So you might team up with Iron Man or the Hulk. Mm -hmm. And it's about solving problems like uh, critical thinking problems or uh, working together. And it's all done with the villains but there's no fighting uh and it's really really good for my two and a half year old because he's watching spider-man do his thing and he's a cool character but he's not using any violence he's using his brain to figure things out and it's really that's really really cool and so this is a is it uh it's a cartoon yeah it's a cartoon there's four seasons they're each 10 episodes each but the the um the episodes are really short they're like four minutes so oh okay yeah, That's if it's really like, cool. Hey, I want to watch Spider Man before bed. We can watch an episode or two, and then he goes to bed. And even though my daughter is, you know, thirteen, I still like. I, I I didn't let her watch like Deadpool, for example. Like that's just too much. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Or even the new um, Wolverine, uh, the last Wolverine movie. I didn't let her watch that. So if there, if it's something that's like, you know, rated R two over the edge, I, I'm I'm I still don't let her watch that kind of stuff. But right. As far as like, you know, all the Avengers and all anything that's attached to that, I let, you know, I let her watch and she likes it just as much as me. So it's really cool. Like we went to the movie theater for every single, pretty much every single movie that came out in in the last like five, six years. Oh, that's awesome. I cannot wait to introduce my son to all the like the original Spider-Man movies and yeah. X-Men mm-hmm. movies when he gets old enough. It's going to be super cool. Nice. Are, are you going to watch it in the um in the order you should watch it or you're like? Are you going to attack it the right way or are you just going to um, just go through them? Well, I think I got to go in chronological order, um, especially yeah, exactly. when it comes to the Marvel Universe. Like I got to switch up the order in which it came out in theaters and actually go by. Exactly. Yeah, I got to do that. 
So I, I actually, I haven't done that yet. Even though I've watched all the movies, I haven't sat down and done the the, uh, the order, but I'm, I want to do that one day. I want to set some time aside and just go through every single one in the order you should watch them. So that's definitely one of my things I want to do. It's going to be a time investment. There's like 20 something movies, 23 movies. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the only ones I'm not too excited for are any of the early Hulk movies because I'm kind of oh, over yeah. those. But, but other than that, I'm, I'm excited to dive into them. Yeah, well, it's a shame we couldn't do Marvel movies. Somebody just beat you to the punch on that. But we are going to do <laughs> oh, <it's> some, totally fine. <laughs> some Adam Sandler movies. I know that you like comedies. Is Adam Sandler somebody that you grew up watching? Yes. So that's it's it's somebody not necessarily like oh yeah I guess you could say grow up watching but it really started in high school and I believe that's when a lot of the earlier movies were kind of coming out um yeah so in high school I was like at yeah, 15 or 14 or whatever and me and my friends like fell in love with his movies and so it's one of those things too when I watch him it just takes me back to like the early days of like you know being a clown and we would quote everything even to this day when I when I see my friends, like everything we do, if our joke is probably based around a movie we watched when we were in high school, and a lot of it is Adam Sandler movies. This was an interesting topic to come through. And this is kind of the reason why I love comedy so much is because every type of comedy movie has a different type of comedy. Uh, You know, you have your dark comedies, you have your silly comedies, you have your like slapstick stuff. And it's, it's funny because for me, I like to use these lists sometimes as a challenge. And when this one came through, I thought of it as a challenge because I am not traditionally an Adam Sandler fan. Oh, okay. But I'm, I'm not going to say I don't want to talk about Adam Sandler movies. It's like, you know what? Let's see what I can find here that I love from Adam Sandler. And we're going to compare and contrast nice. here. And I think it's going to be I a good uh, lesson for, it was a good lesson for me. And I think it's going to be cool for the audience to kind of see how we differ in our tastes of Sandler movies for sure. Oh, no, definitely, definitely. And that's the one reason why I didn't say, like, comedy movies. Like, I wanted something specific so we can kind of, like, really talk about, you know, the, the the direct movies of what he offers and not necessarily, like, just all comedy. So I'm glad we're doing this as well. So let's get into the list. Is your list in any kind of order, by the way? Actually, it is. Like, I have it where, you know, five is my least and one is my favorite. Cool. Yeah, that's just how I did it, too. Sometimes I do it chronologically, but this one I just did my uh my favorite at number one down to uh number five so let's start off with your number five first what's your number five on your top five adam sandler movies all right so the top five is the wedding singer before the internet before cell phones before rollerblades there was a time everybody on the dance floor very nice grandma molly when robbie hart was the most popular wedding singer around Until he got stood up at his own wedding. I woke up this morning and I realized I'm about to marry a wedding singer. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. New Line Cinema presents. Is it true that you're in the middle of a nervous breakdown? Whoopity doo! Adam Sandler. Hey, psycho. Get out of my Van Halen t-shirt before you jinx the band and they break up. And Drew Barrymore. You're the wedding singer. How you doing? I'm Robbie. I'm Julia. In a story about finding love where you least expect it. Uh Uh-oh. What? You like her. No, I don't. This is my fiancé, Glenn. I don't even know your last name. It's Gulia. 
Julia's last name is gonna be Gulia. Julia Gulia. That's funny. Why is that funny? Even though I, I wasn't in high school until like 2000, so some of these movies probably came out way before I was actually in high school. I just didn't get a hit to them until then. All right, so tell us about The Wedding Singer. What do you love about The Wedding Singer? Uh, It just has this like edge to it that I just find like funny. Like, For one, he's a wedding singer, and that's his profession, so that alone is funny. It's got some great songs in it, too. Yeah, and it just has these really like just witty jokes, and I just... One thing I love about him is, you know, he includes a lot of his characters from other movies. And so you never know who's going to be playing what role, but it's usually all the same characters. It's not my all-time favorite, but it's just, I love the wedding singer. That's just, I, I can't really be direct of all the different scenes. And it's kind of been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, that's like easily one of my top five. For those who haven't seen The Wedding Singer, it's just about this dude um, who sings 1980s songs at weddings. And while he's at one of the weddings, he realizes that the bride-to-be should be with him instead. And that's kind of where it kicks off. I remember the, the line about her name's Julia, and she's marrying a guy with the last name Gulia. Oh, yeah. Julia uh, Gulia? Uh, <laughs> oh, There's definitely man. some good lines in The Wedding Singer, for sure. Yep, definitely. All right, I get to my number five. My number five went in kind of a different direction. So I went for more of a serious Sandler role at my number five, and it's from 2009. It's called Funny People. I like having a girlfriend. I don't have one, but I like it better. One night stands are tough, and I'm not great at sex, so at the end of every time, I got to look at him and go, hey, uh, normally I do better than that. <laughs> Girlfriends are so much better. You know, you finish up and you're just like, well, you know. <laughs> that's, that's how I do it. Hey, George Simmons, you destroyed, man. You're the guy who was on after me? It's very hard to be romantic with women when you live on a pull-out couch. Once those two little legs come down, you know it's on, right? I enjoyed your set. You were good. Maybe you can write me some jokes. I've been going to this guy's movie since the moment I can remember. This is amazing, guys. If he's like, do you have any friends that are like you but just way funnier and more talented, you can say yes. I'm going to tell you something, and I don't want you to get all weird on me. I'm dying. It's too early to know who's winning the fight, the medicine or the disease. Did anybody ever tell you of a very scary accent? You are a very funny man. I enjoy your movies. And I enjoy all of your movies. Which movies? The ones where you try to kill Bruce Willis. Did you ever watch this one? I actually haven't seen that one. All right, well, I'll tell you a little bit about it. I can't it, believe so. that you haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, Sandler plays a guy named George Simmons, who's a comedian who finds out that he has a terminal health condition. Um, and he's kind of like this self-loathing person and he's going through sort of this crisis where he sees his life coming to an end, but he doesn't have any real genuine connections. So he reaches out to this comedian who's relatively green, played by Seth Rogen, and he brings him under his wing on tour. It's got a great cast. So in addition to Seth Rogen, you have Eric Bana in there, Jonah Hill, Jason Schwartzman, Aubrey Plaza, Aziz Ansari, and RZA. And then there's a ton of cameos oh, wow. too, which is really fun. There's actually a really, really funny scene with Eminem in here. It's like two minutes really? long. It's so funny. Yeah, there's so many cameos in here. Now, the only downside to funny people is it's long. So it's it's a comedy slash drama, but it's two and a half hours long, which is a big oh, time so investment long. for a comedy. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. the first half is great. The second half loses a bit of steam and it does meander a bit, but it's still really funny. And I think that, if this was developed now, it would be a Netflix series instead of just like a two and a half hour movie. And you said it was made in 2009? 
2009, yes. You have a, a ton of stars from those early Judd Apatow movies. He's the director of this mm-hmm. one, too. And then um, his wife, uh, Leslie Mann, is in there as well. It's it's just a good turn for Sandler, who's playing a comedian. But when he's off stage, he's really kind of bitter and cold. And I, I thought it was a really good acting performance from Sandler in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's good. Just don't go in like expecting a typical like knocked up comedy, because I think that's what a lot of people went into the theater thinking in 2009. And they might have came out disappointed because of that. It's just a different kind of movie. Yeah, definitely. I understand. So that's my number five funny people from 2009. What's your number four? All right. So my number four is uh, and these are all mine are like pretty to me, just funny movies. But uh, Big Daddy. If you want to enter the greatest city on earth, first, you have to get by one person. Shut up! You shut up! Let's go! I'm waiting on you! Sonny Koufax had an easy job. You're a toll collector. Where are you going? You want to take me with you? I guess. And led a simple life. The delivery guy's like your best friend. Come back later today. I'll I'll end the and wrestle you. (laughs) Okay, peace out. Until the day. You refuse to move on to the next phase of your life. She wants different things, you know? His girlfriend dumped him for someone else. I found someone. This old guy? He has a five-year plan. What is it? Don't die? Now, to win her back. I gotta do something big with my life. He's getting her a little surprise. I want you to meet Julian. My son. Our son. I adopted him. <laughs> Great. Now what? Now, you wear a diaper? No. Sonny Koufax is finding out. Can I have a nightlight? Nightlight? Once you adopt a kid. There you go, all right? You better give that kid back. I tried to give him back. You got to keep him. Go back to sleep. I wet my bed. Mm, all right. Nice and dry. No more wetness. Oh, nice. You know what? This is my number four, too. So let's talk about it. Really? <laughs> nice. Yeah. What do you love about Big Daddy? So the little kid, I don't think the little, the kid that he basically adopts. I don't know. I can give a little background to the movie. It's basically Adam Sandler is this like, you know, older guy. You know, he doesn't really have, like, a lot of, like, responsibility. He has this, like, chick that he's dating. And she ends up leaving him for an older guy. And, like, <laughs> a really like, kind of just really, yeah. <laughs> and it, like, really, like, messes him up. And then he basically finds this five-year-old boy who needs to be adopted. He doesn't want him in any kind of way. But then he starts, like, you know, getting feelings and, like, really starting loving the kid. And it just takes you through this journey. And it's just the kid that they had play the role is just like so like dry, but at the same time, like I just feel like his, he's just, <laughs> he's just funny how he talks and, uh, and how he acts towards the kid is so funny. Cause he's so, he's such a careless person and he, he kind of rubs it off onto the, you know, like his personality and how he is, the kid picks up on it. So then the kids start kind of doing the things that he's doing and it's just, Oh, it's just so funny. Yeah. And it has heart too, which is, you know, when you talk about him getting feelings for the kid, originally he's just using this kid to number one, try to win back his ex. And then after that doesn't work, he's just using the kid to pick up women at parks and stuff. I remember he uh, trips like when he trips the guy in the park with the stick and he teaches him <laughs> how to do it. 
Yeah. And so the rollerbladers come by and they trip them. And just <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. I think you experience it differently before you're a parent and then after you're a parent. Because I was, yes. you know, yep. I'm starting to go through this stuff now where it's like, how do I teach my kid how to be a good person? And this movie does mm-hmm. kind of an interesting job of portraying that for a, a guy with no responsibilities who's all of a sudden thrust into this world as a parent with all the responsibility in the world. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Because that's pretty much how I felt, you know, having my daughter. I went from being this like rapper traveling and doing shows and kind of being able to be anywhere when I need to be there and to getting all that stripped from me pretty much when my daughter was born. Yeah. Fun fact about the kid in this movie. He's the kid that grew up to be Cody from the sweet life of Zach and Cody. I never put that together. Oh my gosh. Yeah, dang, that's crazy. Uh, let me see if I wanted to say anything else about Big Daddy. Oh, great cast. It's got uh, John Stewart in there as his uh, best friend. And it's got Joey Lauren Adams. And then Leslie Mann again plays uh, mm-hmm. John Stewart's fiance. Of course, Steve Buscemi, who makes a cameo in most Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, for most of the movies, exactly. <laughs> this is actually probably the movie that I would say proved that Adam Sandler could hit those emotional beats that set him up for those more serious roles later on. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Because it does have like, you know, obviously it's a comedy, but it does have that that deeper meaning to it, and he kind of shows a lot of emotions in it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right, well, that was my number four too, so let's hit your number three. All right, so my number three, which this was really hard. Getting into like the top, Top three is really hard because I was, you know, trying to do my least or least a favorite and all that favorite the least. Uh, Waterboy is number three for me. He was one of a kind, the last of his breed, the world's finest. Waterboy. And that's what I call high quality a tour. Bobby Boucher was a lonely boy. It smelled like you could use a shower all Everybody else got friends, Mama. I just want some, too. You want to have what they call the social skill. My name is Bobby Boucher. That's why you never have any friends, except for your mama. Constantly tormented by everyone. Until one day... Somebody hurt you, my boy. You gotta defend yourself here, Bobby. Or they're gonna ride you for the whole season. They pushed him too far. Stop making fun of me. Dang, he's scary old dog. Mel. Play football for this team. My mama ain't gonna let me play no football. They're going to train him. Is there any sport that you do watch? Wrestling. I want you to do to Casey what Captain Insano does to the bad guy. And turn him loose. For me, that was really when I, like, realized how much... Because I've always watched comedies, but the the things they did in this movie kind of stuck with me. Even to this day, like I always find myself like doing just little, little quotes that only like my friends may even know, like when I'm quoting it, that they know what I'm talking about. Right. And, um, you know, the fact that, you know, most movies would just, you know, talk about the football players and highlight what the football players is going through. So the fact that someone came up with the idea that we should talk about the water boy (laughs) is just like genius to me. And so, showing that in his backstory with his crazy mom and like how he's dealing with things. And, it, and oh my gosh, it's just, to, to me, it's, it's one of his like best movies that I can always go back to and I'll never get tired of. I know you're a, you're a football fan too. So it's got some good 
football scenes in there. Some vicious tackling for sure. Uh huh. Yep, for sure. <laughs> and then I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I think isn't Henry Winkler the football coach? He is. He is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He, it's really funny. That's when he um, he basically had his like manhood stripped from him, where he didn't know how to be a man anymore, and from the other coach because he felt so violated. So he was so confused about himself and he was so unsure. And it was just, Oh my God. Yeah. He's, he did a really good job in that movie. He's like, that's actually one of my favorite people in the movie. Yeah. He's great. He's great in everything. Mm-hmm. This is one that I remember seeing in high school with my friends. Cause any football movie we'd go and see. And this was right mm-hmm. around the same time as like Friday night lights and varsity blues. They had this big boom of football. Movies yeah. And this was one of them that we went and saw. All right, my number three is a newer one. My number three is from 2017, and it's called The Meyerowitz Stories, New and Selected. You don't know if this place is a client. That's why we could get a table so last minute. That's why they gave us this bigger table. I imagine they'll send some complimentary stuff, too. $55 for a steak. We're known for their meat here. And $35 for a salmon? You get the salmon to blow you for that price? Are you Harold Meyerowitz's son, Matthew? Yes. Uh, Mrs. Danny, also Harold Meyerowitz's son. I didn't realize he had two sons. And a daughter. Dad, you be okay here? It'll be nice to spend time with Dad. No, I didn't get a lot of time with him growing up. Son of a bitch! They uh, take all of the little birds and deep fry them and just... It's very sad. There are no little birds left in Italy anymore. They've eaten them all. I feel like I've watched that one, but it's not ringing a bell, but I'm pretty sure I watched that. Yeah, this one is, again, not really a straight comedy, but it's really funny anyway. It's about an estranged father who gathers in New York City for an event, and he brings all of his family back to kind of celebrate his artistic work because he's this extreme narcissist. We spend most of the time with the characters in their separate stories. So Ben Stiller's in here. Um, He plays a guy named Matthew, who's a successful financial advisor. You've got their sister named Jean. She works for Xerox. And then Adam Sandler plays this character named Danny, who's this dude trying to juggle unemployment, his marriage that's falling apart, and then his daughter who's going off to college. And mm-hmm. he moves in with his dad, played by Dustin Hoffman, and they have this really interesting like dynamic together. But this movie is so frustrating to watch because the conversations <laughs> are so true to life. Like in most movies you watch, <laughs> one character speaks, and then he stops, and then the other character speaks. And in this one, it's, everybody's kind of speaking over one another. Oh, okay. So it's it's realistic, but it's also frustrating to watch because the whole time you just want to say, like, shut up and listen to this guy. But it's yeah, not for who sure. these characters are. So, yeah, it can be very so the, frustrating. So this was all done. Yeah, it was it was all done purposely where they wanted you oh, to yeah. feel maybe what he's. Oh, OK. So that's cool. I like that. But, yeah, I get what you mean. They want you to basically feel like you're like you. It's hard for you to hear because none of the characters are listening to one another. It's definitely intentional. Gosh. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I like when movies try to put you in that put you in that element to make you kind of try to feel what the character's going through. Like oh, yeah, he's yeah. being over, you know, they're speaking over him, so they want you to feel that same feeling. Like that's pretty cool. And that's a theme that's going to come through in my next two as well. Oh, okay. 
when you have Adam Sandler and he's basically on stage with great actors like Emma Thompson and Dustin Hoffman, and he's able to hold his own, like that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that says a lot about an actor. Yeah. This dude can act, and you still get some Sandler freakouts in this because he has some anger issues. They're just like a yeah. bit more serious than yelling to get a kid a Happy Meal. Uh-huh. <laughs> he shows he can really act and hold his own in this one. It was it's good. That's cool. I like I like this because you're 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 kind of hitting me to some movies I may not have checked out or I haven't seen. So I, I'm definitely gonna look into that. All right. So number two, Billy Madison. John Tan Lotion is good for me. He was born into privilege. Oh, really, fool? Really? And stood to inherit a fortune. But for 27-year-old Billy Madison, there's just one problem. How could I hand over my company to someone who couldn't even get through school? That's nice. Billy is not an idiot. Oh, oh, oh. Give me one more chance. I'll prove I can take over. First grade through 12th grade, all over again. And then I get to take over Madison Hotels. You're on. I want you all to meet Billy. You want some more of that? I didn't think so! Don't you think it's a little pathetic that just because of who your father is, you get to come to school all over again? Yes, I do. I already started or something. <laughs> Good morning, class. So let's all open up our reading its fun books to page 69. 69. <laughs> I figured this was going to make your list. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Billy Madison is like, it was hard between number one and number two because it's just, again, one of those things that take me back to early high school. And I just remember being, you know, just a clown with my friends and quoting every single thing and it just takes me back to those days and gosh it's just it's the funniest movie from the time it starts to the time it ends I feel like I'm just laughing the whole entire time it just makes me feel good takes me back I, I just absolutely love Billy Madison it's been a long time since I've seen Billy Madison but I'm pretty sure that it's about this older dude who has to go back to school like first grade yes Yep. Um, and I don't remember the reason why, but it's basically like this grown man sitting in the back of the classroom. Yeah. So basically he's a rich, rich, rich kid that's had everything handed to him. And even school was like basically done for him growing up. He's like just super rich. His dad, he's a daddy. He still lives with his dad. And his dad is basically stepping down from his company and he would like to give it to his son. But obviously his son hasn't done anything to prove that he can run a company. So he basically makes a make a bet with his dad and another partner in the company that he will do school over and prove himself since he didn't really do it the first time. And so that's why he starts at kindergarten and he basically does like a month in school or I forgot a few weeks in that class. And then he gets put to the next grade until he gets all the way through. And it's just a, a bunch of challenges. But it also grows with you through because you see how each situation is totally different than the last because obviously kindergarten is going to be way different than, you know, by the time he gets to fifth grade. So you kind of see it goes from like this childish, you know, coloring and his teachers eating uh, glue sticks and it's all weird. <laughs> and it's this weird woman. And then he he's trying to cheat his way still. But at the same time, he starts realizing that he does need to learn. And now he's trying and. 
there's a list of problems that's happening through the whole thing. And it's just super like funny, you know, it doesn't really make much sense, but it's just a really funny movie. And it's got some, uh, some Saturday night live cameos in there too. Like I remember Norm Macdonald's in there. Chris Farley's in there for a second. <laughs> yeah. Chris Farley. People. He plays yeah, a bus and Chris driver, Farley was in like a few. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, he was actually, but I fit like, cause they were really good friends when, you know, Chris Farley was alive. Yep. And so like, I love those cameos of like people who just like working together. So they, you know, do a lot of stuff together. And that's where it just reminds me of, you know, I really cherish my friendships for when I was younger. Cause I feel like those are the like moments that like molded me into who I am. And that's why these movies kind of fall into that, that thing that kind of takes me back because again, like, even when I say jokes to this day, a lot of my sense of humor comes from these early comedies that I used to watch. And what, you know, what I consider funny is from these type of movies. That's cool, man. Um, my number two is from 2002. It's Punch Drunk Love. I wanted to ask you something because you're a doctor, right? Yeah. I don't like myself sometimes. Can you help me? Mary, I'm a dentist. This is Barry Egan. So what do you do, Barry? I have my own business. Uh, we have a non-breakable handle. Let me demonstrate for you. You're married, aren't you? No. Barry, it's your sister. There's this friend of mine from work, and I want you to meet her. This is Lena. Hi. Hi. Do you have a girlfriend? No. It must be weird for you to have so many sisters. Actually, no, it's very nice. All Remember right. we used to call you gay boy and get all mad? What's that? We were calling um, you gay boy and you got so mad. I saw your picture and I really wanted to meet you. Ha, ha, ha. you lying? No. I didn't want to get too far along going out and be hiding something. This is Barry. Hey, it's Georgia. How did you get this number? I was wondering if maybe you could help me out with some money. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You've just made a war for yourself that you can't afford. I'm going to Hawaii on Friday. Hawaii? I was thinking about going there. Really? I'm going to start a collection of puddings and coupons that can be redeemed for freaking flyer miles. That's insane. This is like the first real serious role for Adam Sandler. Have you ever seen this one? I feel like I have, but it's probably just been so long that I actually just don't remember it. This one, uh, Sandler plays this character, Barry Egan, and he's a man who hates himself and his life. And he has these seven overbearing sisters and he's really gotten nowhere in life because of all of his insecurities. And then he meets this girl named Lena and he starts falling in love with her. But at the same time, he's being blackmailed by a phone sex operation run out of a mattress <laughs> store. <laughs> Just the uh, <laughs> just the plot sounds bananas, and it is. Uh, <laughs> um, but there's so many great things to talk about here. So first off, this movie is weird, and it's uncomfortable, and it's awkward, but it's also very sweet. Uh, and it's a lot different in terms of the comedy that it provided from the Adam Sandler movies that came before it. It's like a lot of awkward comedy. It's got great performances by Adam Sandler and from Philip Seymour Hoffman as the mattress man. He is like one of the great characters <laughs> in Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Just such a good role for him. Even though it's a very short role on screen. Oh, it's so good. It's a really beautiful movie too. Like it's just so many colors that just pop. Adam Sandler wears this. Oh, I love that. 
very blue suit throughout most of the movie. Yeah, see, I know I've seen this movie before. Yeah, it's it's like it's starting to click as you're talking more about it. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah. And you're a music guy, so you would appreciate the score in this. It was done by John Bryan, who I have just recently started loving because of his work on um, Mac Miller's album Circles. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's the one that took Circles from an unfinished place and then made it just so good. Yeah, I heard all about that. I think that album's amazing. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite one of the year. And the music in this just shows what a genius he is as you go through this kind of journey with Sandler's character. And when we talked in the in the last segment about a filmmaker making you feel what the characters are feeling on screen, Paul Thomas Anderson in this movie does such a good job of building this tension to the point where we let it out when Sandler lets it out, when he confronts these brothers in this scene that will just make you cheer. If you're, if you're invested in this movie, it will make you cheer. Yeah. It's such a sure. good film. Yeah. I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to rewatch that. Just make sure to watch it with some good sound. Cause it's got a, a great sound design. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll make sure I do that. Luckily I got a, I got a pretty good setup now. So, uh, my movie experience is a lot better. I'm not watching too much stuff on airplanes anymore. So. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> no more phones and iPads for you or the back of the chair. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's time to get to that grand finale. What's your number one Adam Sandler movie of all time? I'm pretty sure you already know what I'm going to say because the direction I've went, but <laughs> uh, happy Gilmore. For 400 years, golf has been a gentleman's game. A game of tradition, etiquette, and above all, sportsmanship. Until now. Y'all ready for this? Meet Happy Gilmore. He was a hockey player. That's my puck, baby! Don't you ever touch my puck! Who was skating on thin ice. But when his grandma needed his help... Mrs. Gilmore owes the IRS $270,000. We're going to have to sell the house to someone else. But she's an old lady. I mean, look at her. She's old. He discovered a new talent. The house is like 400 yards away. That's unbelievable. Now he's going from the rinks... Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. To the links. Hey, where are you going with those clubs, punk? I'm your caddy. He's going to be on the tour. That's that's super. He's got the swing. He's got the drive. He shoots, he scores! He's got the balls. Oh, God, I hurt a little, but I'm all right. Quite a large and economically diverse crowd here at the Invitational. I guess it's the new tour sensation, Happy Gilmore. Hey, if I saw myself in clothes like those, I'd have to kick my own ass. I could see it coming. Yep. That is by far the most quoted movie I've ever probably, like, anything I probably say. Like, there, there's probably not one week that I that I can go without saying something that quoted, like, that movie. They, that, that movie shaped me in ways that I can't even explain. That is by <laughs> far, I love that movie. If I could get rid of any movie, or, I mean, if I could pick one movie I have to watch for the rest of my life, it would be Happy Gilmore by far and for those who haven't seen happy gilmore kind of give us a taste of what it's about happy gilmore is it's this and he's he's a really caring guy a caring guy that basically loves the crap out of his grandma me i'm a i'm a grandma's boy too so i love the crap out of my grandma as well 
she's going to lose her house. He doesn't have any type of money to be able to like buy the house back and it's going to be foreclosed. He somehow accidentally discovered that he has a crazy swing because he's also, um, he used to play hockey, I think back in like high school, he keeps trying out for these hockey teams. He has a horrible anger problem. So he he pretty much can never make a hockey team, but his swing is really good. And I believe it was like the movers who was coming to move his grandma out. They were like during, um, during their lunch break, they were, you know, swinging at the golf ball and he hits it and it goes like, like halfway through the town basically. But his 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 swing is nothing like a professional golfer swing. It's very off. It looks like he's swinging at a hockey puck, and he's like, "Oh well, maybe I should go, you know, make money doing this." And he joins the PGA tour and all this other stuff. And his uh, he he basically has all these challenges. No one respects him. No one even thinks he should be in the sport. So he's trying to like prove himself, but also make enough money to like keeps keep his grandma house and it's just like from beginning to end it's just the funniest movie ever this is one that again i haven't seen for a very long time but just Mm -hmm. like you there are certain things from this movie that just stick with you like his feud with bob barker (laughs) oh my god this is right hilarious (laughs) (laughs) and then you have uh Christopher McDonald playing this character Shooter McGavin, who is another yeah, one of Shooter these McGavin. like iconic characters. The new PGA game that just came out, I believe, by what EA Sports. Yeah, they actually featured that same exact character with him no to uh, promote to promote the game. Yeah. Oh my and he's god. He's actually is yeah. You got to see so you can look it up on YouTube. He's actually that character, and he actually has that same anger issues and all that stuff, and they. <laughs> That's how they pretty much promoted the new game. And That's I awesome. think it's the funniest thing ever. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's genius because the people that are going to be buying the PGA games are probably people that grew up with this movie. Exactly. And another thing that they actually just did, uh, Adam Sandler new movie, who I just I just watched it with my daughter like a week ago. Um, he has a Halloween movie that just came out on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of the name. Do you remember the name? UB Halloween. Yes, I thought it was a horrible movie by the way uh, but um, uh ben stiller plays um the crazy nurse that takes care of his grandma and he's his so his grant when his grandma's um get it and she's like oh can i trouble you for a warm glass of milk and he's like i can trouble you for a warm glass of shut the hell up you're in my house now <laughs> you will go to sleep or i will put you to sleep so he does this whole thing about like he's horrible to adam sandler's uh, grandma in that movie well in the new movie that just came out they use that same exact character and put him, Ben Stiller, in that movie and he who he was in in Happy Gilmore. And I, th- I just thought that was genius. And I had to give my daughter this huge rundown <laughs> because I always quote that movie to her when she says she don't want to do her chores. I tell her that she just pulled landscape duty, which is what he told the grandma. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool that they included his character into the new movie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've heard uh, interesting things about Hubie Halloween, but it probably still isn't one that I'll watch anytime soon. It's so bad. It's not good <laughs> at all. It's like cringy. Like, it's so bad. And which he has a lot of like missed movies, but that movie, like, yeah, I don't even know how Netflix even bought into it. I thought it was horrible, but it was still good to be able to like, you know, see little references and give my daughter like this huge rundown of like why I thought this was funny and you know, stuff like that. But it all starts with Waterboy. I mean, not Waterboy, with uh, with uh, Happy Gilmore. Like, that is 
probably like top three of like my favorite movies of all time. Have you have you had her watch Happy Gilmore yet? No, I haven't. But she's at that age now where I can start introducing her to like the things I thought was funny because I'm really protective when it comes to her and like what she's exposed to. And so, you know, she's she's 13. Even actually that that Huey movie or whatever it's called that he just um, we I watched with her. There were so many parts that I like cringe because I wasn't comfortable with her like like seeing it. And I thought it was going to be more like pg and it wasn't and so like it's hard to like take chances on those kind of movies because there's still certain things i don't want her to hear or say and sometimes he goes overboard with things so (laughs) it's kind of (laughs) hard but yeah i definitely want to introduce her to happy gilmore that's awesome that it had such an impact on you and still continues to to this day oh definitely for sure for sure all right so what's your what's your number one my number one of all time so if you would have uh caught me last year and you would have told me that my favorite film of 2019 would have been one in which Adam Sandler fights the weekend. I'd have thought you were crazy, but that's what happened (laughs) because my favorite film of 2019 was uncut gems. And that's my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Oh, really? Okay. But face out. All right, Larry, you're a Jew again. Welcome back. made a crazy risk to gamble and it's about to pay off so i want the celtics to cover i want the celtics halftime i want garnet points and rebounds what do you know i don't know i just know well i'll tell you what i know it's the dumbest fucking bet i ever heard of i disagree i disagree gary You're taking my money all over town, placing bets. I'm having very serious second thoughts. Are you serious right now? I know I fucked up. Howard, where's the money right now? Howard, got my money? Howard! Is it too late? This one is not for everybody. Like, there are definitely going to be people that do not like this movie. My wife's one of them. She did not like Uncut Gems. And and I'll tell you why here in a second, but Uncut Gems is about this character. uh, What's his name? Howard Ratner. And he's got these debts mounting. He works at a jewelry store. He's got collectors closing in and he basically risks everything to hope that he stays alive. (laughs) And it's so, this movie is so stressful. It is so stressful. It's stressful for two reasons. Number one, it's stressful because the environment that everybody is in, everybody's talking over one another. There's so many conversations going on at once. Everybody's raising their voice. Everybody's yelling at all times. And that just like gives you the jitters. Mm -hmm. But it's also stressful because this character, Ratner, who at first you kind of want to see succeed, like he just continuously puts himself in stupider situations. (laughs) It's like, I know you've, you've had this experience where you're watching like a horror movie and and a girl's being chased by the killer and then she runs upstairs instead of running out the front door and you're like, what exactly. are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. This, <laughs> it's like that, but Howard just keeps running upstairs and he never comes down. It is so stressful, but wow, such a good performance by Sandler. 
a, such a good performance by Kevin Garnett playing himself. Like he was so uh-huh. good in this. The the brothers who directed this, I think, are becoming two of my favorite directors in the world. They're so good. Hey, who was that? The Safty brothers. They're uh, Benny and Josh okay. Safty. Yeah. They did a movie called Good Times or Good Time as well, which mm-hmm. if you're looking for a movie that's a pick me up, you're not gonna want to watch Good Time. <laughs> it's <laughs> along the same lines of this one, but it's a good film. Julia Fox, this was her really coming out movie, and she was fantastic in it. Dina Menzel was awesome in it. I just love Uncut Gems. It's not for everybody, but I really, I really enjoyed it. Okay, nice. One thing I will say about it's kind of hard because, like, for example, I say like you know, obviously I wanted to talk about Adam Sandler, but I'm I also didn't like a lot of movies that I've seen by him. So I have very specific ones that I watch, but I also will be the one to say that he's made some of the worst movies known to man. <laughs> and I was, I was actually going to ask you, like, what's your least favorite Adam Sandler movie? Because I got an, I got a pick. Too. Okay, so besides the one I just watched um, with my daughter, the Halloween one, there's one that um, I can't think of the name. So sorry, I'm really bad with names sometimes. But uh, he plays uh, the man and he plays the sister. Oh, you're talking about Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. That movie is so bad that I couldn't finish it. I couldn't understand why that movie was even approved to be released. That is one of the worst movies known to man. The acting is really bad. Him trying to, like, obviously be funny, but at the same time, like, you know, be the sister. That was the worst movie. I can't even explain. I can't even, like, (laughs) I hated that movie. I'm very aware that he makes really bad movies. Yeah, that was one that luckily I did not see, and I oh heard gosh, it was really lucky. bad. One of the, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard his acting his acting was so bad in that movie that he got worse actor and worse female actor or something like that because he played both roles, <laughs> and so he was able to fail twice in that movie. Oh, uh, <laughs> like the, uh, the Raspberry Awards or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Gosh, that movie's bad. <laughs> He had this weird streak in like the late night the or the late two thousands where he just was doing the worst movies that you can think of. Yeah, because I, I feel like sometimes he follows this weird trend of what he think might be funny to other people, but it's not true to what he might want to make. And it comes off really bad. Like even like grown ups, for example. Like grown ups isn't the worst. Like I actually liked the first one a little bit, but the second one it was like he was, it, I felt like, you know, when you watch a movie and it just feels like they're trying, like you can almost feel it that it's like, you're just trying to make something, not because you should make it just because yeah. you feel like you're, yeah, I, yeah. It's really you want bad. That exactly. Exactly. And yeah, he's done that a lot. So the, the worst one that I've seen with him was this movie called you don't mess with the Zohan. Do you remember that? Yes. One? Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, he plays like a I know hair, exactly. hairstylist. Oh, but he's man. really a hitman. Yeah, so he's yeah. A, he's a he's a under he's undercover for like being like a spy or something like that for I uh Iran or Iran. And I don't I don't know exactly. It's it's almost like um I wouldn't say blackface because that's really like overboard. But I it when I see somebody like completely play a role or like try to embody like a another um another culture or whatever it is and they just completely over exaggerate 
it it comes off as like disrespectful more than it is like even funny. And there's certain things where like I see and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that anybody that is from over there, if they seen that movie, they will feel so like humiliated and disrespected because it's like taking it so far overboard that it's like, yeah, I can't even like I feel almost like I feel like horrible laughing at certain parts because I'm like, you're just you're just ruining this. <laughs> like this isn't even funny at some point. At some point, it's just straight up racism. Yeah, it is. It is. Like, yeah, that's like, and watching that movie, like, I feel like I shouldn't even support it. It's so overboard with, like, what he's doing in it. Funny story about that movie. So I was with this, uh, with this girl who's now an ex-girlfriend at the time, and relationship was, like, kind of going south, and we went to go see that movie because she wanted to see it. And she sat there and laughed through this whole movie, and I remember looking at her oh. and saying, this is not going to work out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> see, so you understand what I'm saying, like... If you really can, like, laugh and not see the wrong in some of the parts, that it's like, it kind of says a lot about your character. Like, if you're not necessarily understanding the like how this could be like disrespectful in some kind of way. Yeah, hundred percent. That was like one of the last movies that I saw in theaters where it was like, I feel like I just wasted all my money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but hey, if you look at it, he kind of helped you out because (laughs) without that movie, you may not have known that you should leave her, you know, at that point. (laughs) That's true. I I can credit that movie to giving me my wife and and son. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Adam Sandler. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Hey, this has been really fun. I'm going to roll the red carpet out for you. Like, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to plug? Um, I know you got, you still got music on iTunes. You got your company. Like, what do you want to tell us about? I mean, I'll start with the music. Uh, as far as like the music go, you know, I'm not, I haven't put out too much like lately, but we, I have such a huge catalog that I always tell people, if you really want to hear anything I've offered or anything I've done as far as music go, definitely check out, you know, like Dime Def, D-Y-M-E-D-E-F. Check out all our earlier stuff, all the way up to like releases we've done in the past like year or so. And then my personal music, you know, Fierce, F-E-A-R-C-E, uh, Fierceville, and then Greater Than. And that's the stuff I've, you know, I did with uh, Grinch and uh, Greaves. But I feel like I have such a huge catalog that I don't necessarily need to make a lot of new music because there's so much for people to go check out. Yeah. And then now, um, yeah, like, you know, my Twitter, Fierce of Dime Death, um, and then Fierce Village is my Instagram. Uh, I do a lot of photography and video now. I started my company called Atomsphere uh, with my wife. And yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to grow as a person. I'm figuring things out. Um, I'm creating content because that's what it all comes down to. And that's all I've been up to, man. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> I'm a big fan of all your music, but if I had to say one to start out with, it would be the Dime Def record, Space Music. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. You've got a song on there called Let It Be that you Mm -hmm. also later used as an album title, but Let It Be was, in 2007, I don't think there was much coming out like Let It Be, and I think that that changed a lot of stuff, especially up in Seattle hip-hop, so I think For sure. If, if you're sitting here thinking like, okay, there's this huge catalog, what should I listen to? Personally, I would say listen to Let It Be, which I think is like a solo track from you on that record. Yeah, so uh, if you if you go look for it, it's going to be under, you know, Dime Death, Let It Be. But yes, it is my solo record on the album. We all had solo records. 
uh, it's actually a funny story. That song was never even supposed to be made or even be on the album. And I actually fought against putting it on the album. I'm glad you lost that battle. I'm I'm too. And actually, I didn't even think that people would even like it. And it wasn't until us like sitting down like a few months later after the album came out and the head guy of like our label was like, yo, you know, Let It Be is actually the number one listened to song on the album. And not just by like a little bit, like by far, like there's actually nothing even coming close to like that song everybody's listening to it and i'm thinking to myself like not only i didn't want to put it on the album i don't get how anybody could relate to it because it's so like to me at the time i felt it was so like personal and and those lyrics is what i felt at a certain moment i even wrote those lyrics a year before it was even recorded and i just showed a little bit to our producer uh being one and he was like, yo, like, that's really good. Let's just record it. Like, just give me that. Let me record it. And we'll figure things out. And then it accidentally got heard by, you know, everybody else. And that's why I ended up on the album. But it didn't. It really didn't hit me how impactful that song was until I started getting emails and people, like, showing, like, getting the, the lyrics tattooed on their, you know, on their arm and telling me that they were literally on, like, like about to commit suicide. And if it wasn't for that song they probably would have went through with it. Like, that's when I realized that this song was bigger than me. And I just had to, like, respect the universe and understand that no matter what that song may mean to me or whatever it was, that it was bigger than that, that this song was a bigger cause and how it really affected people. And to this day, I still get people that, you know, contact me and tell me, like, some crazy story about how it changed their life and how, like, you know, they didn't, commit suicide or do this or how it helped the relationship and made them think bigger and just it's it's just crazy that's really cool yeah I, yeah and i'm in the same boat with them i love that track uh for the world is another great one that i love off of that uh that album but all good stuff so go mm-hmm. listen to some dime deaf listen to some fierce bill uh you will not regret <laughs> it you, <laughs> well hey thanks for coming on uh for you listening hey if you want to be a guest on the force five podcast the only requirement is that you love movies and want to talk about them so if you have a top five list you want to tackle email me at force five podcast at gmail.com or head to my website force five podcast.com which has a show request form and other force five related stuff until next time stay safe stay sane and go watch some adam sandler movies (laughs) 